boys, girls, non-binaries, and everyone in between. Welcome back to the Any Given Thursday podcast. With you as always, David over here, Max over here. Because um, they can see where we're sitting. They can see where we're sitting. They can intuit it based on that's because they can tell where the where we're sitting at each side of the microphone by how the sound goes through their their mm-hmm. their speakers. Good point. Or 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 headphones. Yeah. Or earphones. Yeah, I'm sure that's how it works because I don't understand any of the that's technology science. in there. Um, that's that's sonic science. Um, basically, we're back for our first match recap in the Europa and the Europa Conference League since October. Wow, it's been a long layover. Um, we're very happy to be back. We had some absolute bangers um, in our playoff knockout first leg uh, fixtures this week. Um, is there anywhere to start but in the camp now for Barcelona 2 to Manchester United? I think not. Quick game recap. Um, the game got off to a right away. You could tell this game was a little different than we expected it to be. Mm-hmm. You'd think it'd be maybe more like a classic round of 16 Champions League knockout stage they both you know set up in similar sort of ways Barca has more of the ball but United has some of the ball you know they sort of build up in that what teams are doing now where you know you line up in your 4-3-3 which is what Barcelona did and it turns into that sort of like either like 3-4-3 shape or like 2-3-5 shape in build up Mm -hmm. that we see you know City had pushed for forever um now we're seeing that 3-4-3 shape a little more um, that's exactly what happened, but nobody told, uh, Ten Hag what the memo was. Yeah, no one told him we moved on. Yeah. From Ten Hag, Ten Hag comes up, comes in with, uh, what looks like a 4-3-3 on paper or, or 4-2-3-1, you know, with, um, you know, Bruno and his 10 and Vancouver in the nine, Rashford out on the left, uh, Sancho out on the right, but that's not exactly, uh, what happened. <laughs> Instead, we had... Um, Rashford pushing middle, Bruno slipping out onto the left. Um, on the right. I thought it was the left. I think it's the right. I, I, think, was on I, the think, left, I think I thought Chancho was on the right. I think Fatma was around here. But either way, one on each wing. Veghorst dropping in as a midfielder, as an eight with Fred. And actually, you know, when I was on I was on uh, the Europa League's Golasso show, um, sort of flipping around. Um and I went on Twitter for a second, like 10, five, 10 minutes into the game. And I started seeing these tweets, like big horse is an eight, like LMAO. I'm like, Oh, they're kidding. Right. And I went and paid a little more attention. No, he was playing in the midfield for some of that. Yeah. I mean, he was also sort of like pushing up into sort of like a four, four, two, you know, at one point, the first half, he got a through ball from, uh, from, I think it was Bruno that, uh, that put him through on goal or he really should have scored. Yeah. So he was still coming up in those striker positions, but basically, um ten hog sent up united up to like go super direct um catch barca out on their high press mm-hmm. and it worked <laughs> for a lot of the a lot yeah. of the game for the first 65 minutes it was really working barca the defense everyone's been lauding the last couple months for never conceding mm-hmm. looked Which, on the ropes we should say there were some changes in the back line most notably was marcos alonso mm-hmm. coming in for alex balde and that seemed not to work very well. And Christensen uh, did yeah. come in off the bench in the 66th minute. A trio of mm-hmm. changes around that time that uh, really helped Barcelona gain back control of the game. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, a weird choice, I guess, because um, Xavi figured United were going to sit back and sort of counterattack, mm-hmm. which was true, but not in the way that he thought, I think. Um, not in a traditional way. Um, so I guess his thinking was Alonso, like, good on the ball, yeah, to progress, um, maybe push forward a little bit when they, you know, give them I, more options when they also because like Alba's gonna gun up the left leg, which he yeah. did a lot. Yeah. So then he shifts over and he's kind of in the in on the left side of a back three, basically in build up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that's his thought, but um, they, I think it was a lot more just rotation purposes. I mean, okay. they've been playing a lot of games. La Liga has been going a lot. Yeah. I feel like it's been. I feel like I see more La Liga games than I have any other league. Right uh-huh. now, like it feels like they're just playing more and more. Uh-huh. So you do need to rotate some. And I agree with what you said about Alba's going to bomb forward, especially with Kessier. And he did. We saw him actually, United was willing sort of to concede yeah. some of that space on the left flank yeah. for Alba, which he they, he didn't end up making the most of. Yeah, but especially with Kessier in that midfield, who's not going to drift wide the way Pedri will mm-hmm. on the right. So Alba kind of needs to take up that space and needs to step into the midfield just to stop counters and play some defense over there because Kessie is going to shift to the middle. He uh-huh. wants to be 
down the middle. So Alonso gives you the opportunity to step wide and play with the wider back three than sure, you know, Baldy or Christensen would have done in that position. So I get it from that, but yeah, I just think there's another too much space. Weird thing that I want to shout out Jonathan McKenzie on John McKenzie on Tifo for pointing this out that Kunde and Araujo usually play inverted of where they lined up for this game. Like Kunde mm-hmm. was in the back two slash middle of back three. Araujo was on the right. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. And they look disconnected like the whole game. I'm not sure why Xavi made that decision. I don't really I don't really have a grasp of that. I mean Kunde, you know, he did have like an assist, also an own goal. It wasn't really his fault. But it, I don't know. They just looked like disconnected the whole game. It was weird. Um, but you didn't really notice the sort of hectic nature, how this game would turn out in the first 10, 15 minutes. Barca were kind of in the ascendancy. United were kind of struggling to build up. Yeah. Um, Juan Basaka had a couple of dicey moments on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all of a sudden, like, it looked like it was going to be all Barcelona, just kind of what I expected. Um, but then, you know, the more United sort of went direct, um, especially like with Rashford and and putting through balls of like balls at the top to Vegworth through like started to sort of sort of shift. Um, they started having a couple chances and it never really steadied, um, especially in the first half. It was just sort of like an up and down back and forth game. Um, lots of chances, but nil nil at halftime. Um, and then again, nothing really changes after half. Um United are the ones with the better chances. I mentioned Veghorst had the best chance in the first half, um, but couldn't put it away. The first goal actually comes from Alonso on a mm-hmm. corner, um, but literally like a minute after kickoff, Rashford is sent through. Um, it's Barcelona getting dispossessed in the midfield um, in their own defensive half. Fred, of all people, <laughs> slides through a nice pass um, to Rashford, who takes it. Uh, past Ter Stegen on the near post. Ter Stegen, who had actually a couple of really good saves mm-hmm. in this game, including one on Rashford in the first half, where Rashford somehow gets a right foot on it, where and like puts it on in in line with the side netting. Which I don't. You, if you'll have to go watch that chance, I have no idea how he like physically <laughs> completes no, it was that. Such a weird. That's a brilliant shot. save. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in this case, um, Ter Stegen doesn't really cover himself in glory on the goal, even though he had a good game otherwise. Um. I think he gets his angles wrong. I don't think he thinks he thinks he has it covered, I think, but Rashford, I mean it's a good finish. I wonder if he wasn't even just ready for the ball to be in that yeah. position. Like if he was still it looked like I mean it's the type of place goal. you're used to it a, a striker going far post or cutting back. Yeah. He puts it, he's he he kind of tricks him. It's a nice goal. It's a nice finish, but he should really be doing better considering the form he's been in. Um also shout out my cousin Adam and pod guest um tweeting about uh Tristegan's hair plugs. So oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that, Adam. Um, yeah, so then it's 1-1, one, one, um, just a few minutes later, um, it's Rashford again causing havoc to the Barcelona back line. He puts a ball, uh, across, square ball across the six, mm-hmm. um, sort of bounces around off Kunde and in, um, and at the time it's no more than United deserve to be up 2-1. Um, this triggers a series of changes, a trio of changes, um, oh, you know what we should mention though is Pedri. A big part of I think losing control of the midfield in that second mm-hmm. half is that Pedri had to come off yeah. in the forty first, and he's the engine for that team. Yeah, he um, got replaced by Sergio Roberto. Yeah, and so and also Gavi um, ended up getting suspended for the net for the, the reverse fixture. Yeah. So basically, the midfield three next week for Barcelona, which could be an issue: De Jong, Kessier, Sergio Roberto, mm-hmm. not their first <laughs> first no. choice three without Pedri and Gavi in there. But anyway, yeah. So Christensen comes on. Um, Fati comes on, Balde comes on. Fati ends up um being really dangerous on the left side after coming on. Uh, Christensen really helps sort of stabilize the back line. Um, and they finally work out sort of the United strategy at that point. Um, and after that, the last twenty minutes or so, it's re- it really is like how the game started. All Barcelona possession, yeah. a lot of chances. They do get their equalizer eventually. Um. The Rafinha, it was a, it was like a cr- deep cross actually, yeah. and it looks at first like Lewandowski gets a back heel flick on it. Nobody touches it, goes in the side netting. It's a great it, dummy. It's, it's one a great of those, dummy. It's yeah. the goals with to score a goal without touching the ball. Yeah. I at think the end, one of those situations. At the end of the day, I think you have to say two two is probably the fair result, even though United did better the XG by more than one expected goal, which is a little yeah. surprising. It doesn't quite feel like that. No, this it, is one of those where I think the XG it's helpful in showing how many that United was really United good. Had. Yeah. But it all, does um, also kind of limit 
what you're looking at with the game because yeah when you watch it i guess for me watching it back because i was mostly focused on the fiorentina game during mm-hmm. this time uh it didn't feel like united were miles ahead of barcelona it felt like uh-huh. they were a better team but a draw was very much yeah within the realm of the score lines and either a draw or one goal united win would have felt right but mm-hmm. i think a draw is a fair result here um it yeah. will be interesting to see because united will have a couple players back Next mm-hmm. week, they had a couple suspensions, most notably Lissandra Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. And what he can do. But yeah, we want to. Yeah. Lula had a bad game today. So maybe you don't even want to make those changes. Maybe you say, like, okay, Veron and Shaw did a good job of being physical with him and uh, keeping him. I don't know. I think you put him in. I think, like, you can you can always move Shaw out to the. Shaw's been really good since yeah. the restart. Yeah. Um, And he's actually been. I mean, it shows how much trust he has in Harry Maguire. Just, that he's willing to try he was willing to try Shaw at center back in the first place Shaw has been pretty good at center back um that said um I don't see any reason why you can't push Shaw back out to the left um and you know I mean I assume that means Juan Basaka would get replaced too um by Dallow in that case that's usually what happened like if Shaw's gonna play out left then he they can you know everyone shifts into the back three build up now um in this case it was Malasia pushing up left, I think, and one Basaka tucking in. Yeah. I think it would probably be the inverse if Shaw gets... Anyway, yeah. beside the point, Um, we were talking before um, on our Wednesday, on our preview pod. Mm-hmm. No, you do not. That's what I'm saying. You put <laughs> Dallow instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, And let... Put, but, and maybe try the right mm-hmm. side instead. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do tactically next week. Yeah. Um, But yeah, huge credit to United, given that, you know, they're obviously missing two big pieces in Erickson and, and Lissandro. Um, we wondered if they were going to be short in the midfield um, with Fred and McTominay. Little did we know, Veghorst well, was filling. Veghorst <laughs> uh, didn't, you know, he... I thought his actual you think play he was very I think bad. He, I thought he was yeah. awful. He's, he can't pass. He can't well, shoot. He, he didn't win a single area. Well, he's not goal, an eight. But he yeah. forced them to play around him. Yeah, you know, and right? you know he forced what? forced Barcelona like, to not be able to play right. the way they want to. And I think the point was not even that he had to win those long balls to him no. over it's that that puts them in position to you know press them well mm-hmm. really high up the pitch so yeah. which was kind of the the one thing he did really well was he just stayed in Frankie Dion's way yeah like they kind of played like a Red Bull team yeah um yeah right so um yeah I mean I think credit to Ten Hag for coming up with a really creative mm-hmm. tactic here that made the game like sort of a 50-50 just like wacky up and down and it made it really fun for the neutral too which i appreciate um it set up like a super super tasty second leg i think we both had barca winning Mm 2-0 um yeah i mean they were in great form and i think we i think maybe it's time we stop underestimating united i think he's a really good coach yeah yeah he's a really good coach although (laughs) what he's done with united since since september is amazing actually I do want to throw some criticism at him because he did not respond to Barca's no, changes. No, I'm sure they would have liked to and kill the game at two yeah, one. He definitely needed uh, to. And again, like it's easy to sit here after the fact and say, "Oh, well, Barca figured out, you know, what's going on with that midfield. They figured out how to play around Woot, and they figured out how to put pressure on him." Well, and yeah. to be fair, he didn't have a huge bench given the injuries and the suspensions. But no, uh, Garnacho like came on in the eighty first. Interesting, not to bring on like. Maguire would have been useful here even mm-hmm. you know um and, or Dallas I don't know just yeah. something but yeah they didn't really have any midfield uh options McTominay wasn't even available yeah Don- Van de Beek wasn't even available so they literally had no other midfielders they could bring in mm-hmm. um but yeah so I get I mean, that he's kind of pushed into a corner yeah tactically from that situation but yeah it felt like he needed to respond to what Barca was doing and he just said oh it's fine like yeah we played well we can keep doing this and it bit him in the butt a little bit, but you know they're still in a great position. I yeah, think, they are. I think this, they so. definitely take this ahead of the ahead of the tie. Yeah. Um, and you have to say, like, uh, that the way the level this game was played at, even though it was like sometimes sloppy and hectic, um, it was really uh unusual to see sort of this level of quality and tactical intrigue in a in this round of the Europa League. It yeah. was it was worthy of like. Uh, quarterfinal of the Champions League. Absolutely. It yeah. lived up to the hype, yeah. for sure. Which I, yeah. So credit all around. Also, credit um, to Barca fans for getting 90,000 people there. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, probably I good that it was against United. I know it's probably Barca. added to the, yeah. yeah. I know it's Barca and they can pack the Camp Nou to play like a U15 team, but like, <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, um, anything else to say about our marquee fixture? No, I think we should move on. Let's maybe let's go to IX Berlin. Yeah, go um, which you know I thought this would be a pretty even match going into it with IX more possession, um, Berlin hitting on the counter, but. You know, you'd think, you know, Ajax going through a little bit of a rough spot right now, uptick in form the last two weeks in the yeah, league. Yeah, so they've made the manager change. So I thought this, and, you know, we haven't seen Berlin really have an impressive match yet in this mm-hmm. competition. However, Ajax offered so little in this game, yeah. and Union were very unlucky not to win. Yeah. We'll get to why. Anyway, it finishes nil-nil. Uh, Union Berlin doubles up the XG 0.84 to Ajax's 0.42, even with Ajax with two-thirds of the possession. So um, not too far out of the realm of what we expected, except Ajax offered even less than we thought. Um, I mean, what is there to say about Ajax other than they're really struggling? They really struggle to create chances against what we know is a lauded Union Berlin Mm -hmm. defense. Um, Union lined up in a 3-5-2, Ajax in in a classic Dutch 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. if you look around, especially on FOTMOB, like a lot of the IX players have good match ratings. Yeah. Like well, better... that's because they, so FOTMOB's <laughs> statistical, right? Yeah. So the sure. IX players are holding the ball out there, completing yeah. passes because Union's going to let them. So, you know, all those statistical things like SOFA score, FOTMOB, who yeah. scored, they're all going to yeah. sit there and be like, oh, the individual players Yeah, they good. completed like, they 500 passes mistakes. to 180 passes. Yeah. Um, but, but then you go and watch the yeah. game. And it's, they, and they had zero shots in the first half. I yeah. Not not zero shots on target. Zero shots. Yeah. They end up with eight and none on target, I believe. Yeah, seven on um, target, one blocked. Yeah, so. that's tough. And Union, you know, ends up with 13 shots. Mm-hmm. Only one big chance. And... The big call of the game, they score in the 60-something minute, 65th minute-ish, um, through um, Morton Thorsby. Um, however, on what I found to be a super, super questionable VAR review, um, they ruled that Thorsby brings it down with his arm yeah. before the finish from uh, from across um Watching it back a couple of times, I still can't tell why they called that off. Because, like, like where does it hit his arm? I think it's after it comes off his chest they are saying it touches his arm. I can't find it's, an angle that looks yeah. like... It's like, just one of those where clear and obvious starts to become, like... And even if it does hit his arm, like, you have to watch this yourself, listener. Um, Because it's going to be sort of hard to... Like, he chests it, mm-hmm. and maybe you can say it comes off his like elbow level of forearm yeah on off but his uh, is that not a natural position like well offensively the it? natural position doesn't matter yeah right offensively the touches i think that's crazy harsh, personally off um yeah which i know that rule very very well after the atletico milan game <laughs> last year uh where they decided that that rule didn't exist for a yeah, minute yeah. but i find that to be a really harsh mm-hmm. real I, disallowed goal and berlin deserved a one nil victory yeah. here so i'm a little salty about it yeah i mean um, it's, either it does either it's a great call and it's amazing eyesight by the referee yeah but or it's a late call i can't see it i can't see it i think it's really harsh i don't see how that's clear and obvious personally yeah, I, um but you know once the var recommends it it's over so um berlin unlucky here mm-hmm. uh not the biggest controversy of the day by a long shot though um but that said, Berlin certainly happy to take a nil-nil back home to their fortress in East Berlin, um, and they're in with a real chance of advancing. They're probably arguably their best performance of the Europa League so far. I do think we a couple Berlin players that don't really get highlighted a lot, but mm-hmm. deserve to be are Laiduni and Kadira, who just prevent anything from going past. Yeah, basically Ajax's midfield the entire time. I mean, that's why you look at the match ratings and it's just that offenders have crazy high ratings yeah it's because they can't get a pass into the midfield because kadir and laiduni are just blocking off every pathway they can't even go long because those guys are gonna get the ball afterwards yeah so i think really great performance by them and joseph Juranovich, great signing mm. i mean we talked about him a little bit in the preview that he came in during the january transfer window to replace um i'm, I'm liking on the name of the player who left the dortmund yeah which i really shouldn't be that's a little embarrassing hey what are you gonna do but uh Oh, Ryerson. Yeah, yeah. Ryerson, yeah. who was having a great a big season. loss for them, yeah. Yeah, and Dronovich has just stepped right into that role. He's playing a really similar style, so Berlin haven't had to, like, adjust to him at all. Mm-hmm. And he's just been able to fit right in near perfect fit for them. 
Mm-hmm. So great scouting again by Berlin who do it yeah. correctly like every time. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to Salzburg 1, nil Roma. Um, this went, this was going about how you'd expect a Salzburg Roma game to go. Salzburg, like the first 30, 20, 30 minutes had like eight shots, eight shots but none on target. Yeah, and none from a good position. And a ton was of there... possession, and Roma had no shots, basically, and yeah. no possession. And then the game ended up sort of being balanced after Roma gets a bunch of chances from like set pieces and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, Roma probably should have won. Roma the game. dominated this game. <laughs> They were dominated. They were all over them in the second half. They had they had a lot of what they did have is clear cut chances. I mean, big chances three to two Roma. But the two that really stand out to me for Roma are the Tammy Abraham chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the first half. Yeah. Um, where he gets put through and classic. I mean, it's a really good save. Yeah. Actually, it is in this case one on one from Cole, but. I mean, he's got to finish. It's a classic yeah. Tammy it's a, thing. It's just encapsulated that everything shows why, about yeah. his season. It shows it's why a, he he gets himself in good positions and has a higher XG yeah. than, than gold. It's a great gold, pass by uh, Cristante, and Abraham uh-huh. does incredible, just uses pace to get past Pavlovich, and then... Cristante, man of the match. Yeah, should have been. He was <laughs> On great. Bomb, obviously. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I actually thought he was very good today. Yeah. Um, But Tammy, like, nice little move to get some space, shift the ball into his right, his preferred foot, uh-huh. and he does end like Pavlovich he makes Pavlovich look like an amateur footballer on that play and mm-hmm. Pavlovich is one of the better defenders in this competition still mm-hmm. so he made him look so bad and then just can't finish it and he could yeah. have gone maybe had a passing route to El Sharaway that he doesn't take but it just captured Cammy's season so much I was sitting there watching yeah. the game I was like and it wasn't even the worst room miss of the day because yeah. late in the second half um we get a ball in I think it was a corner it was off a corner and and basically smalling heads the ball across goal and Belotti gets a foot on it he like flings a leg at it mm-hmm. literally like two yards off the goal line yeah somehow it's somehow he hits it in a place where Cohen is able to get it at point blank it's range a great save by Cohen yeah he's again late and he's just able to stick who, frankly was probably him. the real man of the match yeah. in this game for those incredible. two saves and he somehow paws it onto the woodwork but it's literally a point blank chance. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea how Belotti doesn't finish this. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find what the specific XG for that one chance was, but it was some... 0.87 and oh. 0.96 for an XG on target. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's an incredible save, and then yeah. he saved it. It goes off the the bar yeah. on the save. I mean, Belotti has to finish that. Belotti's and, been awful and it's this even year. yeah he's even worse than Tammy at finishing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's tough when your two strikers like can't. Mm-hmm like tuck the ball in the net when you have chances that big yeah um, and this has been a recurrent issue for yeah. them all season we should all say yeah. chris dante hit the post on a header off a corner as well uh-huh so just roma were from the gods not meant to win this game no um it, salzburg ends up winning it in the 88th um with a really nice delivery from pavlovich which uh nicholas capaldo heads home um and you know they probably didn't deserve to win the game but um credit to them for for sticking with it and yeah. getting what they needed, which was a home result. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other quick shout outs here. Um, Giorgino Vinaldum back from a devastating injury mm-hmm. early fall. Yeah, great um, caused him to miss the, miss the World Cup. Came on for the last 15, 20 minutes. Nice to see him back. Um, could be a huge help to, to Roma the rest of the season if he's once he gets fit. Um, have a little more have a little more stability in their midfield. Um, he has that kind of like we we're talking about Erickson before how he connects the defense and attack. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he historically had been a more he was more of a ten and more of a creative player in the past. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that uh, Vinaldum is so good at um, is that gap that bridge between um, defense and attack. Um, which honestly, since he left Liverpool, we've seen Liverpool struggle with in two of these last three seasons where mm-hmm. uh, they haven't had their wits about them. And they look shaky in the midfield. They missed that sort of connected tissue. He could be a big part of what Roma do if if he can get back to form yeah. in the next month or so. We'll and see. We'll it's, see. It's tough for him, too, because he plays more similarly to Cristante than he does Matic. Mm-hmm. And Cristante's a very solid player for this level. Like, I don't think 
Cassante is going to get himself benched. So mm-hmm. Wijnaldum will have to pick up more of the defensive duties mm-hmm. that maybe he's used to if he wants to get into the starting lineup next to Cristante. But I think he's a good enough player. I think he's just better than Montage at yeah. pretty much everything else yeah. on the field. <laughs> I agree. So uh, why did Dybala come off in the 46th minute? Did he, he was pick bad, up a knock? And yeah, it's Dybala, so you can't play him that long. Did he pick up a knock? No, no official okay. injury. Um, but yeah, he wasn't playing well. And we talked mm-hmm. about that being a key for Roma, but they, they played around it. Like, I think they did a good job of, yeah, creating stuff even without the ball, but yeah, it, I think they're in a decent position. They're fine. I think both teams will but, be will be content enough going. Uh, Jose didn't look into Rome. Well, no, I mean like in their position. Yeah, it's just the tie is going to come down to like who's more clinical on yeah. next Thursday. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, in classic Jose fashion, though, he got the last word in during his interview. Of course, he did because we can't end a conversation about a Roma game without ending it talking about a Jose interview. So then um, he was kind of asked about what went wrong and just like why were Salzburg able to win this game, right? And he goes in, starts talking, and eventually brings up and said, We play in a league where every match is very difficult, where every point is gold for us. Oh, oh no. Salzburg play in a league where they are dominant, where they have easy matches, where they can rotate players. He's so petty. He is. Um, yeah, that's really his excuse. To talk about, and then like, it's really his Salzburg excuse. having the squad to rotate. Oh, get the fuck and out of here. And not. And like, come on. Roma Dude, have, they have a like deep the third squad. And fourth most, third or fourth most extensive squad in Italy. Yeah. Get and the fuck have, out of here. They have a deep squad. The issue is just that depth is players that they bought while Jose was there. We're not good. Like He's such a baby. Kamara like, is a solid player yeah. for Olympiacos. Right? But he wasn't good enough for Roma. There's always a fucking excuses with Jose. Why can't he just be like, we had the big, the two best chances of the game, and we should have won, and yeah. we and we didn't finish them. Like yeah. simple as that, right? Yeah. Like he should watch. It's, not, it's hit their own fault for not winning this game. He needs to watch the Andelect manager's yeah. interview afterwards because very similar thing happened in their game against Ludogorets, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know, we need to convert chances, but I'm happy with the way we played." Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, they actually played better than I thought they would in, yeah. in that game. Anyway, um, let's move on from Jose. Uh, and let's go to Shakhtar Donetsk and Ren. Shakhtar 2-1 winners um, in Poland uh, yep. playing their home leg and uh, they were good. I, it felt like they didn't really yeah, they were good. skip a beat after losing Mudrik. Again, a pretty, pretty even game possession XG chance was all of that. Yep. Um, Ren was... will probably feel a little hard done but uh, of their own making. Mm-hmm. Um, because that opening goal that was um, awful. finished by a Jed. Yeah, Kurskvi. It was Kr- awful. Kurskiv. Kurskiv. Who without... we should say is the one who replaced Mudrik, and oh, he's only twenty-two. Good for him. Playing in that left wing spot. Ukrainian so, also. Who's gonna pay eighty million for him? Yeah, a lot of Ukrainians in that team. Are they all Ukrainian? No, Traore I don't think Traore is. <laughs> he's from Burkina Faso. That yeah. one. He's only twenty-two. I feel like yeah. he's been around for longer than I thought. Who knows? But um, anyway. Yeah, the first goal is basically sort of a long sort of through ball that's not kicked very well. And it goes right in between Omari and Spence mm-hmm. in the back line, neither sort of making an effort for it, both looking confused. Spence then tries to recover, but can't in time for the finish. Um, basically a mistake. Then uh, a pen at the end of the first half, she's shocked her up 2-0. Um and Ren really uh, goes in the ascendancy in the second half um, and has most of the good chances in play. They're rewarded with Togo Kambi goal in the 59th, um, who just loves the Europa League, you know? Yeah, he um, really does. He's- yeah, and really it's all about the all about the cross from um, – whose cross was it? Do- was it Doku? Doku? Yeah, it was a brilliant cross from Doku. Um, so, you know, I, I feel similarly about this. Like, Ren probably deserved a little more than they got here. Mm-hmm. But it's their own fault, and they'll probably feel okay going back home. Yeah, uh, down a down a goal. But they've been in a bit of bad form recently, uh, so I would not say it's a sure thing that they can overturn this. Shocked are are better team than they play typically. Yeah, and they've been losing a lot of those matches against lower teams in Liga. So I don't think this is a good position for Ren to be in. It's fine. I mean, but... I think this is another like sort of fifty fifty scenario where like. It's really going to come down to the clinical uh, finishing. Because, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Who takes their chances yeah. in the second leg? I think this is be totally good. even could, and could go either way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we should. Jed Spence has been struggling since he stepped into this Ren side, which 
it's you can understand like two games, games right no, it's, games. Been, it's been more now because priori has been out oh. um but yeah it was two it's been two league games and then this one and i think he might have had like a hot appearance in a cup mm-hmm. but it's been a rough start but he's been out for six months essentially like yeah. just frozen out of that Tottenham squad so yeah. Thrown into the fire here a little him bit. A, yeah, especially with the Triari injury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, assuming he still plays, but I don't know who they play this weekend. It, but... it has to be him because Triari is still going to be yeah. out. Anyway, I don't have a ton more to say about that other yeah. than I think uh, next week will be interesting. I think I'll have a lot more to say next week after we we see who comes out on top. Yeah, Could be one if I had to pick like a game to go to extra time. That That's a, that's that's a serious a, yeah. candidate. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to quite likely uh, the craziest game of the day, which was Bayer Leverkusen 2-3 Monaco. Um, I have a lot of feelings about this game. Uh, Monaco, first off, uh, we had a really tough, really tough game for Lucas Hradecki, uh, the Finnish international in goal, um, who I, who's, wow, he's 33 already. Yeah. Um, he had an absolute nightmare on the opening goal for Monaco, mm-hmm. technically credited with an own goal. He's basically, uh, he gets the ball. I don't know if it was from. Oh, he got an own goal for that? Top, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize Basically, that. he gets a back pass um, and takes too long getting it off his feet. And he's basically on the goal line mm-hmm. and he's pressured maybe by Briel, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Briel. I um, thought Briel got the goal, so. Yeah, he's pressured by Briel and Bolo and he, uh, doesn't get it out in time and he sort of falls over and ends up in the back of the net. I actually thought on replay watching it that they were going to VAR for a foul. For off for, yeah, because because Mbolo does make contact with him in the shoulder and it causes him to fall over. Mm-hmm. They deemed it not like I think just physical play and not usually though in that case when it res- results in a goal in that situation. I, f- I feel like if that was in a league, I think they'd call that back for a foul. Maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's necessarily the correct thing, but it's hard in the um, rugby league because you get such inconsistencies with mm-hmm. refereeing because everybody's coming from different leagues. Yeah, we right? notice so that have... a lot on the VAR calls, especially yeah. in the like. It's so watching it back is so bad. Yeah. it's so embarrassing for him. But uh, we'll watch it in slow motion again here. Like, I think. Oh, that's not. They don't have the. No, they don't have the full replay. Yeah, this is I, if you just the red, you watch a close up of it. I do think. I did think live it was more likely than not to be overturned. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that Kradiki is is uh <laughs> like should be not criticized for that because it's still one hundred percent as well. Be. Um and but I don't know it, it did seem a little harsh to me. Mm-hmm. Um I do think more often than not that's overturned. So they're already starting from a place of um misfortune, Leverkusen, um down one nil, um but. You know, you'd have to say they did actually play really well after that point, um, especially when they got their boy who's back and just getting into form, Florian, Florian Verts, Verts. Best teenager in Europe. He's so good. Um, and the goal they scored to equalize just after halftime was a bit of brilliance from both him and Musa Diaby. Um, Verts, very direct, dribbling through the midfield, makes a couple people miss, plays wide, um, ends up at... Uh, ends up at Diaby's feet in the box. He dances around a couple of defenders, puts it through the keeper's legs for 1-1. Brilliant goal. It's exactly like the kind of fun shit you expect from these from these Leverkusen kids. Um, they're playing really good football. And then Florian Burt scores an absolute beauty. Again, dribbling straight through the heart of the Monaco defense. Jukes a bunch of people, goes it alone, finishes himself. It's a brilliant goal. One of the goals of the day, if not the goal of the day. So at this point, it looks like Leverkusen has this game under control. They have the ball. Um, but there's a reason they, they didn't have them... they didn't have all the ball, but they had, you know, the best chances. Yeah. There's they a reason the they called them Bayern Neverkusen. Because <laughs> But you know what? Part... Monaco then scores two goals from outside the box. Absolute bangers. Yeah. One from uh one from Diata. Yeah. And then and De one from Desassi, who's, you know Desassi's goal was disgusting yeah who's he's by the way he's the captain and the center back um they're both like fierce strikes from outside the box and i can't imagine the xg on those because very high (laughs) let's see what they were uh the diata one was 0.09 uh the the saucy one was 0.03 it's a beautiful shot again it's ones where hideki has time 
to react. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're great finishes, not to take anything away from them. But yeah. his positioning could have been a little better. Yeah, he had the time to someone react. Someone should them. go. Someone like, should go get. Should should pressure obviously too. Yeah, that's like yeah. A, the classic. It's a classic like criticism point when someone hits a shot from outside the box that finds its way in. You're like, mm-hmm. there was no pressure on the shot. That said, um, I'm pretty sure Desasi's had another one of those earlier yeah. this year. I, they concede three goals from basically like point oh. Like 0.01 xg combined yeah. is really harsh <laughs> and is unlikely to happen again so while uh, leverkusen did technically lose this game at home which is never what you want in these ties um you Monica's know not as big of a deal now, a that, now that there's no away goal rule mm-hmm. they did bring like 500 fans today wow, in the away section i'm like is this more than they have at their own stadium? <laughs> yeah. um, sorry if you're a monaco fan listening to this but it never gets old how yeah empty that stadium is yeah <laughs> basically did i say that thing i think i did say that on the mm-hmm. last pod about yeah. the announcer burning them yeah um yeah uh in the psg match but anyway monaco are in really good form but they did not deserve to win this game three two mm-hmm. and if it weren't for one horrible mistake and two moments of brilliance, uh, you'd have to say that I still like Leverkusen's chances going into Monaco, yeah. especially again given they have no fans. Yeah. Um, and if you know if they play like this again, there's no way they're gonna. There's no way they're gonna get the I, goals. I think I would favor Monaco. Yeah, in the I mean they have like, a goal lead, yeah. so um, I think it's again. I think it's another fifty-fifty. Also, just from a uh, like competition standpoint and like mm-hmm. standpoint, this is. A massive result for the French league if they can get Monaco to go through because you know with the Portuguese league struggling for coefficient recently and the Dutch league passing them if France can put up a number that's closer to the top four leagues instead of putting up a number like yeah, the yeah. Portuguese and the Dutch leagues like they always did they can uh, solid this can help solidify them yeah. into the top five anyway yeah from a personal standpoint I would prefer Leverkusen to go in because I they have so many fun young players yeah. uh, with yeah, Burtz and Diaby and Hincapié and all these. Um, and Hlasic, who I keep forgetting. Frimpong, to like 20. Uh, yeah. He plays so much older than that. Yeah. He plays really mature. Um, obviously, I mean, no shame in Monaco going through too. They have a bunch of fun players too. But yeah. um, just for Leverkusen, feel like a perfect Europa League team to make a deep run with these like fun youngsters all across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. You have the manager, this fun manager element of Xabi Alonso. Um, who had so much success with Real Sociedad B before taking this job. Um, he was very selective about the job he wanted to take, yeah. um, turning down Godblock before. So um, I just think for the for the uh, viewability, my preference would be for Leverkusen to go through. Um, but, you know, not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And German teams historically haven't done particularly well in the Europa League until last year with yeah. Frankfurt. So it's just ni- it's kind of nice to see a couple German teams that, well, I guess in this case, it's just... Frankfurt did win yeah. Europa League last year. Yes, well, that's what I was saying. Until yeah. then, there yeah. had been a long history of German teams not doing particularly well in the Europa League and mm-hmm. you know, kind of ignoring it, pushing it to the side and just focusing on the league. So it would be nice to see a team like Leverkusen, who are maybe not having the best time mm-hmm. in the league, get get a little bit of uh, attention for a Europa League run. Yeah. Right. Let's go to uh, Juve 1, Nons 1. What a result for Nons. Yeah, great result um, for them. This... Uh, featured some intrigue, some controversy, and some classic nice. Juventus play. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like it would be a long day for Nans pretty early on when uh, uh, Vlavic tapped home. Um, it was a really nice ball, initial ball. <laughs> Side the did he just flatulate? No, I think he just. Uh, I think he did. I the, the side. Oh, and then I thought he looked at his ass afterwards. Anyway, that's your and that's your uh, daily dog dose of dog daily dog dose of dog, daily dog dose dosage dosage daily dose of dog dosage. Um, back to the pot. <laughs> anyway, uh, Angel Di Maria, uh, puts in a lovely ball over the top of the non-defense into the box. Um, there he finds an oncoming Chiesa who heads back across the six, tapped home by Vlahovic. Nice move from Juve. Good goal. Um, but then, as the game keeps going um, in the first half, Nantes has a little more control of the ball than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Juve is not infamous for possession yeah. in this era, or many eras. But uh, Nantes looked pretty calm on the ball. They had some decent buildups. Not a ton of chances for a bit, um, but they kind of looked to stabilize the game even though Juve still had the better chances, mm-hmm. wasn't overwhelmingly so. Um, David texted me, started the second half, that Juve really need 
to find that second goal here because yeah. things have sort of stalled out a little bit. Um, just as he does that in the 60th minute, Nons launch a counterattack. Um, Mohamed plays um, on the left flank of the box to, to Blas, who absolutely hammers the ball yeah. home um, the top of the net over Chesney. It's a great goal, actually, from Nons. Really well worked. Blas feels like he's always around good things happening for Nons. It feels like when he gets on the ball, it's an indication that Nantes are about to do something pretty good. So mm-hmm. you definitely need to focus on him a little bit in the second leg if mm-hmm. you're a viewer. Just look for how he gets into position, yeah. how he can receive the ball. Yeah. Because he can create a lot for Nantes. But anyway, the Juve ticks on without finding uh without finding that second goal until the very end of the match, basically. Mm-hmm. Um I forget what minute. It was um, in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, it was like 96, Yeah, 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 really like deep into stoppage time. Um, and they'd had a few other chances into stoppage time as well, so mm-hmm. felt like maybe they can grab it. They were really pressuring, yeah. I think they hit the crossbar twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of them was on a Di Maria corner, too. I mean, he tried yeah. to get the Olympic cone and just... I think one was Chiesa, mm-hmm. um, but um, eventually, um, was it Bremer? Who so, headed in? No, it was Locatelli. It was Locatelli, right. So Bremer is also challenging for the header. Uh-huh. And I can't remember who goes up with them. I want to say it was Giroto uh-huh. for Nantes. And Giroto's arms flail very, you know, makes himself bigger with his arms. Mm-hmm. Locatelli heads it right into Giroto's hand. And it looks like it's going the ball's on goal. The ball's exactly. going in goal. Yeah. Like, there's almost no way that ball misses. It's going straight down into that bottom corner. The goalkeeper is nowhere near. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it gets sent to VAR to check the handball because ref, I believe, just called a corner initially. I think he missed. Yeah, I think so. I think he just live. It's really quick. He yeah. missed that. It hit the hand. Thought it hit something else. Calls a corner. This is why VAR exists. You know, they say, hey, that hit his hand. Go check it. Yeah. And he goes Meanwhile, the- meanwhile, I want to say from the from the Golasso show standpoint, um, they've been talking and arguing all day about um, about handballs and penalties and VAR mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, they have this uh, quote unquote rules expert named Christina Uncle who Who's comes on like and basically just expert in every yeah, sport basically agrees whatever the ref is art is doing. Yeah, they're like that. That's the correct call, even if it's like kind of bullshit. In this case, this is the second time uh, on the Galesa show this year you've heard where it. I've heard her say uh, exactly what's going to happen. Well, the opposite thing happens on the field where she's like, "That's one hundred percent a penalty. It's going to be a penalty." As the ref is leaving the VAR screen and insert and signaling no penalty yeah. i enjoyed that yeah. um and i think in but, general christina uncle can go fuck herself she's a suck up she doesn't do anything none of those rules experts do anything no, she just does what every rules expert yeah, does it's fucking on every ob- show it's fucking obnoxious yeah. um but so what was called right yeah, the, basically no penalty controversy yeah. contra- but it's not because he's like oh his hands in a natural position or mm-hmm. he didn't have time to pull his hand away which, I mean, he didn't. It was point blank. But his hands are flowed out very much, making his silhouette bigger, very much not a natural position. But he says that Bremer was climbing his back, and he did it before uh, Giroto even had a chance to jump. So Giroto, Bremer is called for the foul, and they're saying his pushing is what caused Giroto's arms to come up. So that's why the ref didn't call a foul there, yeah. or didn't call a penalty there. Yeah, I think it might be the wrong call. I don't think Brenner is. Say, I'm, I, I really love that much. I love Juve not getting the call. I love them exactly. not winning. It was a terrible call. That should 100% be a penalty yeah. in any league in any competition. Really strange decision. Um, because yeah. I I didn't even know at the time they were looking for the foul because I didn't see anything. I thought they were. Yeah. I thought at first they called it no handball, and that was even more perplexing. Mm-hmm. Really strange call. Um, I, again, it speaks to, we see this a lot, especially in this competition, um, less so in the Champions League, I think just cause it's higher profile and they get the best refs or whatever. Yeah. And there's more eyeballs, but in the Europa League and the Conference League, there's just some really strange decisions uh, or inconsistencies Yeah, with some of these calls. It, var- it varies match to match a lot of time. One thing will be considered a handball or a penalty and others not. Yeah. Um, like. In another game, for instance, that that foul um, on the keeper in the Leverkusen match couldn't be called off. And the, the, basically, there's no consistency. Um, yeah. And I think in this competition in the Champions League as well, uh-huh. like because it's different from leagues. Every yeah, league has and, their own little intricacies. But right. what you see a lot, of, I think these days leagues are 
a lot better with VAR consistency, at least. Even mm-hmm. though if some of the calls you like hate, especially why they're called, most they're of usually big, consistent, especially the big leagues. Like, yeah. this is a Portuguese rap. You know what you're getting in Italy and England, um, like a lot of the time. You know, in England, certain things might be a little more lenient. I think England's VAR might be a little behind the other top eight leagues. I don't think that's but true. Because they're not, I think their VAR usage. I like their have, VAR usage. They have made a lot of glaring mistakes. That you well, everybody see. makes What was that? What was that year, like a year ago leagues. when Italy, everything in Italy was a penalty? Where like every yeah, but handball they, was they a penalty? Addressed it. No, I know. But they yeah. did the same in England. I don't England's think that's just, true at all. They're not even drawing their lines. Well, they fucked up that one. That was that one. Yeah, they they one fucked game. up two in the same Well, game. yeah, and those guys got suspended. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of them, uh, yeah. Well, but like, I'm just aside the from point. A, that's just a there's usually a I consistent. I think you're just fine. England bashing. No, they're, <laughs> it, their their bar usage is bad. I it's, don't agree with that at all. Every other, most of the to- other top leagues are moving on semi-automatic already in England. Still, oh, that's max. the great thing about the UCL like, too is the. And the, the work, how they pushed, yeah, yeah. They don't use that in the conference in the Europa League. No, and I think that's I think they're the offside is not even the thing though. Because like some of these smaller teams and smaller leagues don't have the stadium capacity to do yeah. it. But I think that's I'm not. But we're not even talking about offside here. So mostly we're yeah, talking this about is penalties. Just, this is just a bad yeah. job by the referee. I think of looking at yeah. the bar. But that. But yeah. the point being that there we have each league tends to have its own things, like mm-hmm. that they that they are lenient on or less lenient on or focus on. And there's seems to be absolutely no consistency in these competitions as to what uh, the plan is. Like yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And I don't know if it, UEFA just doesn't care because nobody watches the Europa league or, or what, but, but a lot of people, we end up every, games, every right? fucking week, we end up with a controversy like this where yeah. like something seems obvious and it's called the opposite. So I, I don't know what the answer is to that, but um, the, there needs to be more attention paid to this competition in particular, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Nansk gets a great point. Um, I don't want to say it was totally deserved on the balance of play, but they were they did were a lot better than I thought they could be in this mm-hmm. game. Um, Juve's crowd was more into it than I thought they would be. There was more fans yeah. there and more impassioned fans than you than you've seen recently. Yeah. I think with the, the production might have kind of galvanized some of those fans into uh-huh. wanting to show. I'll be like, oh, well, never mind. We don't hate them. Yeah, we don't hate them. Fifteen points minus yeah. fifteen points much. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I saw somebody comment that the ref is, or the referee was actually just on the Allegri out bandwagon. And <laughs> so, love it. Um, might be right. Maybe he should be. Anyway, I don't give a shit about you, Juve. Hopefully they lose next week, too. Um, Sevilla 3 nil PSV. This was a disappointing one, uh, just in terms of competitive play. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, PSV had a higher XG than <laughs> than Sevilla in this game. Um, it didn't, and yeah, they 3 nil is probably harsh on them, but they didn't really deserve much from this game they were pretty shambolic in the back um granted Sevilla's three goals are all pretty neatly finished um but Walter Benitez had a pretty bad game and goal um and you know there just wasn't a lot of there just wasn't a lot to to like on PSV's side um in terms of control of the game um in terms of composure in the back um they shouldn't yeah they'll feel like they let themselves down, I think, for not really giving them a chance in the especially, reverse, but especially because Sevilla's play. Yeah, and uh, they were fine in the first half. PSV, yeah. where I thought it was relatively competitive. I know we spoke before the game that like Sevilla have been in good form. They play well at home, been using the home crowd well, but PSV seemed to be accommodating it for the most part, like getting maybe not better than Sevilla, but at least competitive. And then Sevilla scored right before halftime, and PSV yeah. had no answers in the second half. Like they came out totally flat. The Lucas Ocampos goal was incredible. Yeah. A wonderful finish from him. Definitely go watch that. Uh, he had a great game. He also set up Budelge for the second goal. Uh, I thought he was probably player of the match for me. Yeah. Oh, also I should mention this was the Luke de Jong derby. Mm-hmm. Um, the Luke de Jong bowl. Yeah. If you returned. will. Um, but yeah, very disappointing from PSV's perspective. Nice and clinical from Sevilla. It's the kind of performance they needed. You know what we learned though? Or what we've learned for the 60th time in the last decade is never doubt Sevilla never in the Europa Sevilla League. I'm so sorry, Sevilla gods. I'll never pick against you again. Yeah. Let's move on to Sporting 1-1 one, one Michelin, which was kind of a shitter of a game, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Sporting will feel they fucked themselves over by putting up a 2.65 XG to Michelin's 2.22. <laughs> um, and only getting a draw out of it. And frankly, it could have been worse because... Um, Michelin brought on a new arrival, um, 
Eman Ashur, the Egyptian international. I think he's an international. Um, he promptly, he comes out in the 67th. Basically, with his first touch, he hits the crossbar <laughs> and almost puts them up. And then he does in the 77th minute, yeah. which comes from a huge mistake from the sporting keeper, Antonio Adan, who fucks up a clearance, only hits it like 25, 30 yards, falls right at Ashur's feet. And Ashur finishes so well, though. Um, because Adon's scrambling across the uh, across the goal. Um, Ashur puts it right in the bottom corner from like 25 yards out. It's actually quite a good finish, but it's still a bad mistake from the keeper. Um, at that point, Michelin looks like they've completed the ultimate smash and grab. Um, but but Sebastian Coates um hits in a right-footed shot from close range. The Uruguayan uh rescues a point for the home side, but um they'll be pretty upset with the result here given uh the balance of play yeah um that's really and all i have to we've say we've seen this a lot from michelin where they get outplayed but they still manage to get a point or a win against teams that should be better There's than them. something in the europa league with yeah. them they're, they now have they something can, about they could draw back home which yeah. could be really i still decisive. i don't think anyone would favor them still no, um but the, at least that's about as good as they could have hoped yeah they've given themselves a chance yeah let's right. move on to the conference yeah, shall we let's um, with Bodo and Leck and Bodo get Leck, that one out of the way. A big fat nil-nil. Yeah. Um, pretty bad game. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a nil-nil. Yeah, um, not a lot offered from either side. Luck had three shots and yet still out XG Bodo. Well, yeah, they had one uh, one really, really yeah, big yeah, chance. Yeah. Uh, All three of the shots were from the six-yard box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Marchavinsky chance um, definitely should have been put away, but, yeah, you know. Um, Bodo will be very disappointed in their effort at home here. You know, we talked about before that, yeah, obviously they haven't started league play, so there could be some rust, but we we, we sort of uh, thought that might have been a trapping when we talked about this on Wednesday, given Bodo's form last year before their league started. Um, But this looked like two teams that hadn't played in a while. um, That's really all I have to say on it. It's just it wasn't wasn't super high quality. They both looked pretty out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Leck will feel great going back to Poland, though. Give themselves a real chance to advance. Yeah, I'd want to hazard a guess uh, as far as it ever been in a European competition. Yeah, um, probably. Um, another stinker. Let's talk about a team that didn't give them a chance themselves a chance oh, to advance. The dog is dreaming. Oh, honey, you want to be part of the podcast? Oh, you woke him up, man. <laughs> uh, Braga nil for Fiorentina. Yeah. Uh, oof. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one for Braga. Um, it, it all started to go wrong. Fairly even game until, uh, yeah. well, yeah, maybe yeah, like towards Fiorentina a little bit, but not like remarkably yeah. so. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. And the forty fifth minute, just before half, it tilts in Fiorentina's direction. Luka Jovic, uh, heads in a cross. It's one of those crosses or one of those headers where, um, you're running from far post to near post mm-hmm. horizontally, mm-hmm. like parallel to goal, and you flick it. Um, back onto the far post. Yeah, it's a brilliant yeah. header from Jovic, header from, from a guy that struggled to finish. He does know, like, he is aware that people scout domestically too, not just in Europe, because mm-hmm. he's been great in Europe. He's, I think he's the top goal scorer in the Conference League now. Is he? Yeah, five. I think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just can't score in Italy. Yeah. It's very... He's got three goals, in, but he's tied for the leader yeah. <laughs> on their team. Anyway, uh, it all goes horribly wrong for Braga. And the 55th, when Vitor Tormena gets a straight red um, that was missed on the field, goes to VAR, um, upgraded yeah. to the red card. It's for a bad high boot, basically. Yeah, he kind of cleats on the ankle. On the ankle. And it's, I think it's because he's coming down yeah. with his foot. So It's a little bit unfortunate. He's obviously not meaning to do that or trying to put in an aggressive tackle. Yeah, um, It's just clumsy from him and bad awareness. Um, yeah. But after that, you're like, maybe Braga can hold on. They're at home. Um, they have that cool stadium with the mountain. Oh, it's a lovely stadium. It's a great stadium. Estadio Municipal de Braga. Um, you're thinking, yeah, it should be fine, right? They could they could hold off for one or two nil. Wrong, mm. wrong. Five minutes later, Jovic makes it two nil. Um, in the sort of tap-in that you'd expect him to miss in Italy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then Cabral hits a double. Um, late on the 79th and 90th, one of which was an absolute beauty from him mm-hmm. it's uh i don't even know how, how would you describe that goal it's like he was doing a little it's from a long throw maybe was it a long throw or a or a or a well, cross he, from he a takes throw. the ball in does some keep ups with it he and... doesn't do any key he does one he does one one keep up he taps it over his head 
and then keep up. hits it on the volley. Yeah. Um, Wraps his foot around it. Um, great awful, goal. Awful defending. Terrible defending. Like three or four Braga defenders yeah. are just like lashing at it. Kind of remind me of the Mituma goal that got a lot of plaudits for uh, Brighton in the league a couple weeks ago, where he does a very similar thing, but just keeps it in front of him instead of mm-hmm. turning around with it. Um, but once again, yeah, it, it relies a little bit on bad defense. Just yeah. three Braga players throwing their feet. Same in the same for his second in the 90th minute, which comes off a bad turnover. Yeah. Um, it was just like complete collapse from Braga. And credit to Fiorentina for being clinical for the first time ever. And putting pressure on after the red card. I feel like mm-hmm. Taking, a lot yeah. of teams would have just said, okay, we have the one nothing, maybe yeah. get the two nothing and take our feet off the brakes, just ride ride that home. But Italiano, I think, did a good job of pushing them forward. In that situation, I don't think they took their foot off the. I think the expression is "foot off the gas," not foot yeah, off the sorry. brakes. <laughs> they put their. They did they take their foot off the brakes. brakes. Yes, they, they went ape shit. Yeah. yeah, they went hard. Um, yeah, credit to them for basically ending this tie, which we thought would be kind of the milestone, most uh interesting one in the conference league going into next week. They put yeah. it to bed. Braga will feel they really fucked themselves over though. Yeah. Um, Carabag won nil Ghent. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one I felt very strongly Carabag deserved, even though the balance of play was pretty even. Um, basically because um Shay Dave, Shay Dev, um, for Carabag missed a pen. One of the worst pens you'll ever see, frankly. Yeah. Uh he does he does a sort of like waits for the keeper to dive. And the keeper has gone left already. Yeah. Um and he all he could put it literally two-thirds of the goal is open for him and he kicks it right at the goalkeeper's feet yeah. <laughs> like rolls it right yeah. to if him. you're gonna hesitate to get the goalkeeper yeah. to dive you have to then respond it's really it's dive, a really tough penalty doesn't... um and it looked like Carabag had missed their chance to uh take a one nil advantage at home not the case after leandro andrade 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 yeah um fires home um from across from marco yankovic um Karabag get their one nil win at home and uh you know this could have kind of gone either way like other than the penalty xg it was fairly even in terms of chances Karabag had the more shots um generally lower quality I don't have that much to say about that other than they did their job yeah um I was a little disappointed again in Karabag's finishing I mean, that's been a recurrent thing, I think, throughout the tournament. They I mean, lost was, their... Awushu uh, was the main striker. Lost the striker, he had yeah. was finishing, but great creative player. And Gurbanli, who is the son of the manager... Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, ...did that's not fun. have the best game up front, but uh-huh. he's only 20. And to be playing in this competition for Carbag at 20, it's tough to do. So credit to him for being good enough to be on the field. Yeah. I think that's very the sport had similar troubles finishing at home uh, today. They did beat Basel 1-0 in a kind of moving event, yeah. um, given the tragedy and uh, the, earthquake in Turkey. They had the, uh, they the had some really, work was yeah, really impressive, impressive. Tif- uh, TIFO work of, of you know, mm-hmm. uh, firefighters and like rescue workers. Yeah. Um, pretty impressive stuff. There was a, you know, when, uh, when they did eventually score through, um, through Jens Stryker Larson, they they all took went together to take a picture with the with the Turkish flag. Um, it was a emotional affair. Um, on the pitch, Trabzonspor put up two and a half xg. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're in the ascendancy of the whole game, and I think we'll feel they should have put this tie to bed already. Uh, especially a team who's really struggling for form in Basel. Mm-hmm. Um, way down there in the Swiss league right now. Yeah. Um, even though there's only ten teams, what are they like seventh or something? Um, yeah. So yeah, this one was pretty cut and dry. Trabs and Spore will feel still like, um, just an average performance should get them through. Yeah. But you never know away from home. They should have put this one to bed beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Lenarca did and Dnipro they played kind of similar to how I think we all expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Lenarca get the one nothing win. They scored late through Angel Garcia. A little header assist from Usledes. It's a good little header. Yeah. Uh, Dnipro hadn't played much since coming back. And right. at home, Lenarca definitely expected to get the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they put themselves in a decent position to go to, I'm pretty sure, Poland instead yeah. of Ukraine. Yeah, I think they're still not allowed to play in Ukraine yeah. or in, the, in Europe, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think Dnipro was also playing in Poland, just like uh, Shakhtar were. Uh-huh. I'll have to double check that before next Not week. in the league in Ukraine. Yeah, the just league. For the, in, just, just for the, just to get Europe, away Just for Europe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lenarca won nothing. They'll feel pretty decent about their chances. Yeah, deserved win, I think. Against the Dnipro, who have been struggling for goals recently. Uh, so 
never doubt Dovbik, except yeah. for today. It didn't play that well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Sheriff Nil Hurtasan won. This, as we mentioned on Wednesday, was a bit of a strange affair. Um, they weren't allowed to play in Transnistria. Um, in front of fans. In front of fans. They didn't even play in Transnistria. They oh, yeah, played they in the... to, well, they can't play at Sheriff's normal stadium. It doesn't mean UEFA. Uh, well, they were, in, they were in the capital. Of Mo- yeah. What's the name they, of the capital? Now? Yeah, they were in the capital. Yeah, they of Mo- do that for, I think they'd have to do that for uh, all European games because yeah. I don't think the Sheriff's stadium fits the UEFA standards. Oh, I thought they played They played there before. Maybe in qualifiers. Yeah. But I don't think in um, actual play. In knockout? No, I've I seen don't... them play there before. I'm pretty sure they were chasing out. In before, the group so, stage? Yeah, I thought, I thought so. they were there. Um. Anyway, they... Played to zero fans because um, of uh, <laughs> the rumors of a Russian uprising. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to, uh, so it was weird uh, atmosphere. Um, partisan take advantage uh, despite getting thoroughly outplayed. <laughs> they basically put in a smash and grab here. Um, and so, despite having a red card. Yeah, they got well. a red card in the 50th minute uh, just after half. Um, also VAR reviewed, but, they, but um, their first half goal... Uh, was enough to see them through um yeah also sheriff had a red tar- card overturned by var which is interesting um but otherwise they'll 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 feel they've missed an opportunity they had a ton of chances inside the box today yeah. um and they and all the ball <laughs> partially because of the red card um but yeah they've, they've set themselves up for real trouble going back to really difficult home atmosphere uh and partisans and yeah. partisans ground Yes, yeah, we move on to another game marred by a red card. This Lazio one against yeah. Cluj. This time the red came in the 15th minute. Yeah. Um, um, Patrick continues to grow his legend of just putting shit. teams in the worst possible position. <laughs> it's amazing how he can consistently do this and still start for Lazio, despite also not contributing to anything positive that they ever do. I, you know, he only had a 5.5 match rating on the bottom. Yeah. It was, a, it was, a, it was an do. average 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> average 14 minutes a really bad 15th minute yeah uh but i thought lazio responded to it well they held their shape they kept pushing i mean Cluj yeah. obviously. i say the red card was because Cluj had it was had played uh a ball in behind mm-hmm. and uh patrick gets, patrick brought him down right on the edge of the box he was deemed to be the last man yeah he gets basically. beat and absolutely shouldn't get beat in that situation he doesn't yeah. need to go in like that if mm-hmm. he just keeps his body where it is essentially yeah he just runs in a straight line the Cluj players being forced wide mm-hmm. and into the corner. Yeah. And it's a simple place to defend from there. But yeah. he decides, I'm decides. going to be an idiot. Rip him down. Yeah. Um, uh, it was close to not being the last man. Yeah, um, you could argue. You could see a world in which that's only given as a lucky yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't really dispute it either. No, I think it's a, um, a fair call. Yeah. Um, Cluj uh, one really had a where... big opportunity here, didn't they? Absolutely. And they definitely... they If they had come away with even a draw here... Yeah, it would have been that would have been huge for them. One nil again isn't terrible, but given that they had 75 plus minutes of against 10 men, obviously Lazio are much more talented, better team than they are. Um, they would have ah, they would have loved to steal a goal against 10 men, though. Yeah, can't help but feel like their chances have gone. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you like you always say, never trust Lazio in a European competition, they will do everything possible to puck themselves over. Um, but yeah, um, you have to say they played well. Yeah, and this game, and Mobile's was, goal was mwah. Mobile, I, especially because he's been struggling. He so scored much since one he came goal back since injury. September. I yeah, saw. yeah, because he missed a decent chunk of time with injury, and then just hasn't looked good mm. since he returned. And yeah, so it was nice to see him back on the score sheet. Uh, you know, legend of Syria, one of the legend, one of the highest scoring strikers in the yeah. Check history. out his goal. One of the better ones today it was on a, a ball over the top. I think from a Seppi, yeah. maybe. Any any volleys it. Mm. Um, with his right foot really yeah. nice this was another game though where the referee didn't exactly have a great game it definitely lost control what do you mean craig Poss? i love craig Pawson. what are you talking craig about Pawson is uh he's one of my faves he did not have a good game uh there was just it was very the pause it was very chippy throughout uh posy just very chippy i just didn't have a lot of control over it but it does make for a good highlight. there were chips on the field it does make for a good highlight package so yes <laughs> yeah uh krasnicki for uh, Cluj, who just moved from Balkani, had a really good game. He drew the red card, I believe. So, mm. uh, nice pickup for them, it looks like. But Nice. Yeah, let's move on to, is this our last game? It's our last game. And as always, we saved the best for last. It's Ludogorets 1-0, Anderlecht. Yeah, this is, honestly, like a lot of the games we saw, it was a 
patented smash and grab from Ludogorets who struck Except they're at home. I yeah. feel like usually smash, smash and grabs are, are away, aren't they? Yeah. Is that even true? No. That's I mean, just associate them with a wave. It issues. feels like an away thing, right? Yeah. Where you set up defensively. Yeah. But no, Ludogorets set up defensively for this one. They got an early goal. It was a nice header from Tiago. Put them in front. But then it was just defend, defend, defend. They played defend, with defend, the defend. double pivot and just shifted them further back after they got the goal. But Anderlecht were all over them and definitely should have scored, missed, you know, a few chances. Would not have been crazy to see them get like three or four goals even in this yeah. game. So I can't see Ludogrets coming out with the same tactics and saying like, oh, yeah, let's do that again. Because in Belgium. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, like, work, what else but... are they going to do? I don't know. But we have seen Ludogrets give trouble to decent teams in the competition, yeah. notably Roma twice, mm-hmm. who they beat, and then they gave were... a game to. They gave a game to Villarreal as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, so... they have, they have, they're, 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 they're tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they're resilient. Absolutely. I hate those words usually when describing sports things. And they're really good on the counter. They're very, really good on the counter. Yeah. Very fast. Team, yeah. A lot of quick players. They put team. themselves in the position where you know you get one or two of those opportunities, yeah. and under like suddenly you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, know, you pull a one-one or a one-two and you take the game to penalties, and you're yep. right there. So credit right to them. They'll probably both feel decent going back to Belgium. Yeah. Um. Well, we've done it. We're back. How does it feel to be back? Feels great. I love getting to watch some of the games, and I can't and, wait till next week. Um, I'm friends with Nico again on Galazzo. We've actually set ourselves up here. Uh, us personally, we did this mm-hmm. um, for some really exciting second legs. Uh, yeah. There's only a couple that are out of sight already: Sevilla, PSV, probably yeah. uh, Braga, Fiorentina. Literally yeah. everything else is uh, still is, is up for uh, an exciting finish. Um, yeah. So it should be a wild, uh, wild second leg. Uh, of all these fixtures next week um and we'll see you then yeah do you have anybody to cheers to today david um let's cheers well definitely not jose Mourinho. Jose, cheers to jose Mourinho. yeah uh cheers to let's cheers to Kum, kumbare i thought he did a good job with not and i just like him uh and cheers to ten hog maybe yeah ten hog great yeah great performance all right him, so. that's it bye cheers to those gaffers enjoy your weekend or whatever i don't give a shit